back, everybody. This is the Prepared Mindset Podcast. I am your host, as always, Austin. Got another episode coming at you folks this week, and this one is really, really a special one for me. I have Drew Estelle, founder of Bear Solutions, joining me this week for a pretty awesome discussion. Um, If you guys aren't aware of Bear Solutions, check them out online. They do a lot of really cool stuff, do a lot of training for law enforcement, uh, military, civilian, uh, Drew is a uh, former uh, Army Special Operations 5th Group guy, uh, super cool dude, uh, and actually when I was first getting started in in shooting and really discovering what was out there, right, uh, The video he did a video years back with like Lucas from T-Rex Arms um, and Eric, and uh, it was like a shooting montage, right? And it was like, I swear to God, it was like the coolest thing I had ever seen uh, running drills and shooting behind barricades. Like none of it was, was, was overly remarkable stuff, but it was just, it was so different from anything I had seen. And it was like one of those inspirational moments, those aha moments, you know, for me um, as a young shooter, I mean, young, I was like you know, 26, 25, whatever years old. Um, but as a, as a new shooter, right. And aspiring to greater things, uh, that video was kind of what, what, you know, how I caught the bug, so to speak, right, um, and, and sort of started down this whole path, um, and and I guess in some small way, probably how I got to where I'm at today with the prepared mindset, with this podcast, with everything that I'm doing with my own training and my pursuit of knowledge and uh, personal preparedness. So, um, really, really been looking forward to this conversation. Uh, you know, Bear Solutions is is tremendously busy. Uh, you know, Drew's doing all kinds of good stuff. Uh, we've actually been talking for a couple of months trying to <clears throat> get this on a calendar and get things uh, lined up. So finally able to uh, to steal a little bit of his time and get him on the pod here. Uh, I think you guys are really going to dig it. Really going to dig it. Uh, before I get over to that conversation, got to do what we do. Got to say thank you to our sponsors here at The Prepared Mindset. First, as always, EclipseHolsters.com. Guys, if you don't have a good holster, you should have a good holster. Clipsholsters.com. Use our code prepared mindset. It's going to save you 20% off of your order. You can pick up a mag pouch while you're there. You can pick up a wallet. If you are a new carrier, new concealed carrier, check out their core belts. They carry core belts. Guys, they're amazing. I, I love their holsters. I was actually telling Drew about this. Uh, I got involved with Eclipse as a consumer uh, a while ago, before this podcast, I was just so blown away with their level of customer service and the quality of the holsters. Uh, I, we're, we're just, we're super lucky to have them as partners here and we can't recommend them enough. Um, super, super good company guys. Check them out again. It's eclipseholsters.com. Our code prepared mindset saves you 20% off and guaranteed to be in the mail in three business days or less, which is kind of unheard of. It's pretty badass. Go check them out. Also, got to say thank you to MyMedic.com. Guys, we talk a lot about shooting on this podcast. We talk to a lot of people who talk about shooting, who teach shooting here on this podcast. Something they all have in common, you need medical skills. Touched on it briefly with my conversation with Drew. Bear Solutions offers medical-specific courses. Medical is important. And to be capable, to be well-prepared in the medical space, you need to have supplies. Head over to mymedic.com. You can use our code mindset20. It's going to save you 20% off your order. They're also affiliate partners here at the prepared mindset. So jump on Instagram there. Give us a follow. If you aren't already following us, head over to our link tree. You can find us on Facebook. You can go over our offers page. 
use our affiliate link for mymedic.com. You can still use code mindset20, but then a little piece of what you spend gets kicked back this way to help us do all the cool stuff that we're doing here at the prepared mindset. Again, our code mindset20 saves you 20% off. That's mymedic.com. And lastly, guys, we are affiliate partners with the dryfiremag.com. I should say it's just dryfiremag.com. They just launched their smart dry fire mag. Take any pistol, well, as long as it's one of the day that they support, you turn your Glock, your Smith & Wesson, your Springfield, your SIG into a cert gun. Every time you pull that trigger, you're gonna get that audible and tactile trigger response and reset, but now you're also gonna get a laser dot. So you get that visual feedback in your dry fire practicing. Again, they are an affiliate partner with us, so if you check out our link tree, check out our, fa our Facebook offers page, use that link, hook yourself up with a dry fire mag or a smart dry fire mag, and a little piece of what you spend there with those folks comes on back this way to us folks and helps us do all the cool stuff that we are doing. All right, now we got that out of the way, we can jump on over to my conversation with Drew. I hope you guys really enjoy it. Check it out. Drew, how are you, man? Good. How are you doing? Dude, I am I am good. I am good. Um, I'm super, super pumped we were able to, to come together. I think the first time we talked was it was a while ago. You got a lot of stuff going on, man. Yeah, we've been pretty busy. And I apologize not be able to get on with you sooner. It's just been kind of hectic. Okay. And uh I just got back from Spokane late last night. So it's going Jeez. well. Good. Yeah. Good. Busy yeah. is good. Busy is good, right? It is, but busy is busy. So yeah, that's yeah, yeah. that's true too. Yeah. Um it's a good problem to have. And you've honestly been somebody I wanted to have on for a while. Um, I mean, not to make it weird or anything, but, you know, a couple of years ago, um, you did a video with mm -hmm. uh, Lucas over at T-Rex and I think and Eric, yeah. um, and it was like mm -hmm. a montage video. Mm -hmm. And that yeah, was, I, that. It, I mean, that was, I was just getting started in, into shooting and I was at that phase where I'm like, I want to do more, but I don't yeah. know if I want to spend all the money to do the cool guy stuff. And then I saw that video and I swear to God, I must've watched that thing probably like a thousand times. I'm like, I'm going to do this. This is what I'm going to do. This is, this is so badass. Um, yeah. It, that was a fun so, video to make. No, that was awesome. And uh, yeah, honestly, it kind of launched me into, I mean, where I'm eventually got to today with, you know, all kinds of stuff that goes on, but um, so thank you. Cause you're in, in part uh, my inspiration for, for some things that, uh, you know, kind of kicked into this podcast and everything, but um at any rate, go ahead. Let's. Uh, can you uh, introduce yourself to the listeners and uh, maybe just uh, explain a little bit about uh, you know who you are and what you do? Absolutely, man. Um, so real quick, uh, Lucas and Eric, great guys. So they're uh, great shooters. A lot of fun to hang out with. So just, that video is fun to make. Um, but yeah, my name is Drew Estel. I own Bear Solutions. Uh, we started it in 2017, actually. A little over a year before I got out of the military, uh, the army, um, I knew I was getting out because of medical issues. Um, pull this little paster off. I got my anti-Russian spying paster that I keep uh, <laughs> on the screen there. I don't want to fall down. The um, So I started about a little over a year out uh, from getting out of the military. Um, I knew I was getting out because of medical issues. I had a lot of injuries, broken neck, broken back, uh, shoulder Jesus. reconstruction, left ankle reconstruction, uh, both knees done, and a lot of head injuries. And uh, the doctors were like, hey, man, uh, as I was getting my neck checked out, it went about a year. And they were like, oh, actually, your neck is broken. I was like, yeah, I, I tried to tell you this, but you wouldn't believe me. So my, my left arm doesn't work right because of it. So the, um, yeah. So some small injuries, small injuries. Yeah, yeah. You gotta love military medicine, right? Um, that's where they they work the kinks out before they go work at a real hospital. Uh, so 
there's some great doctors in the military, but mine was not one of them. So the, uh, I started about a year out uh, when I was manager program and when we were getting out, so the, my unit was great with it. They supported me. They looked out for me. They had several meetings with me. They're like, Hey man, you're broke. We know you're going to get medically retired out of the military mm-hmm. here. And, uh, what do you want to do? And they gave me an option. They were like, look, we can continue on active duty. There was actually a program called, I think, continuing on active duty co-ed. And it's like, do you want to stay in or do you want to get out? And I talked with the wife about it and we decided I was going to go ahead and get out um, because I'd never, after that point, I wouldn't have been deployable per se. Uh, so I would just probably would have hated life. So started the company. They gave me my left and right limits and supported me. And I spent about a year managing a um, we'll call it like a low biz pistol program, right? It's kind of what it evolved okay. into over time. Uh, and that was really cool. Uh, so did that and started it. And then as I got out, I went full time with it and it was, I was really lucky because I had that time to kind of build the company, right? And my unit supported me and my buddies supported me. And a lot of guys in the industry supported me, like Garrett Schwindel from Cogworks, um, Lucas from T-Rex Arms, you know, and Eric and Steve Winninger from Ripcord Industries and, you know, a host of others like Ian Strimbeck from Rune Nation. You know, a lot of guys were like, Hey man, you got something to offer, you know, let's, let's help you out and promote this a little bit. So I was pretty lucky, uh, pretty fortunate and blessed. And, so started that and went full time in uh, June of 2018, and we've been doing it since. So we do pistol training, rifle training. Uh, we do concealed carry applications, we call it, uh, and CQB. And from there, we've actually grown. Uh, we have three other instructors. I don't know if you can hear my family getting ready right yeah. now on the mic, but I can well, hear it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's a tornado, right? She's eight. She's she's awesome, but she's a little psycho, and I love it. So <laughs> it's uh, she she's a dancer. I'll sure we'll talk about it later. But sorry, yeah. got on a tangent. The uh, and we do so we do that those classes, and we've grown to have three other instructors. Uh, one of which is a guy named Steve Wynn. Uh, he uh, heads up our law enforcement training or CQB, and he is a master at CQB. This guy is, he was one of my instructors, phenomenal dude. Uh, oh, Paul wow. Pollock is a, a TAC med, so he's a paramedic, former Marine, uh, Navy corpsman with the Marine Corps, and he is on TAC med on a SWAT team here in Tennessee. Uh, he heads our medical stuff. And then another guy named Mitch, who is actually an Air Force SEER instructor. So he does our urban survival class that we did last year in Nashville. We're going to do again this year. We're looking to grow that. So that sounds awesome. we have a, uh, yeah, man, we've, we've done pretty well and, uh, we're actually got some new stuff coming out and, uh, formed another company. Uh, you guys might've heard of it. It's called Agonic, A-G-O-N-I-C. We make a concealed carry belt and we've got some cool stuff coming out here in, uh, June, July. Uh, so that's going to be like clothes, right? Not just like t-shirts with designs on it, but we're actually making mm-hmm. actual clothing. And then, uh, we're releasing our, you can see it back there. That's yep. our uh, tactical belt, right? Our war belt. So that's our prototype and we'll have multiple underbelts and pouches and stuff. And we're getting into the gear. That's awesome. That's <clears throat> belts are tough, man. I mean, there's like a million of them out there. Right. And it seems there like is. you never, at least, and I have not tried a ton, but I tell you, you know, uh, there's some that are like, oh man, this is great. It's super rigid. It's awesome. But then it's the yeah. most com- uncomfortable thing in the world yes. because of how rigid it is. And yeah, you know, and the, you know, the debate between two piece belts and, and all that stuff. So uh, exactly. I look forward to, you know, checking that out and, and, and seeing I think you'll dig this. I'll give you when we're done filming, I'll give you a little sneak peek. I don't want to show it yet other than just being back there, but we, uh, we are addressing the comfort aspect of it with, uh, multiple underbelts that you'll have depending on what you need. So, uh, yeah, we're from I'm, rescue to just comfort or a basic belt. I'm always kind of, you know, taken back with some of this stuff where, cause everyone's saying, well, you know, you're carrying a gun. It's not gonna be comfortable. I'm like, all right, listen, yeah, Come on, but, like we have the technology, like we can do a little better. I know it's never going to be yeah. perfect. 
you know, right. come on. And there's a lot of little thought things that go into it. Right. And, uh, you know, I've talked to a lot of guys that were physical therapists, you know, uh, one guy that, Hey, he is a former NFL player. Um, and he has a company and does physical therapy oh, wow. and stuff. And, uh, he's big into that, right. He's actually a Pilates guy of all things, you know? So it's like, he I was talking That's to him, a, you know, yeah. we're talking about how the hips, you know, work and like how you can take stress off the hips. And so we're kind of going that route with it. Um, this is going to be interesting. I'm excited to, uh, for people to see it, but it's just going to look like cool. a normal belt. You know, so it's nothing crazy, but there's just little things in there that'll give you extra couple hours, you know, a few hours of comfort, you know, until your, you know, your hips start hurting your back, you know, you can't get rid of it completely because we're all built different, but we can mm -hmm. extend that time that we're going to be a little more comfortable. So, and then, uh, oh, in oh, the books, yep, and then we grow the book. So, yeah. And actually, so the book, right. Um, I picked one up. I have it right here, actually. Oh, cool. Um, I honestly, I saw it on social media. I was like, what? He wrote a book I'm like, okay, I got to get yeah. this. You know, I think like it was like that night I just went on, you know, popped on Amazon, like, all right, buy it. Cause I had just read, um, I think it's called the dry fire primer, which is another book on dry fire. It's actually more of like a pamphlet. I mean, it may not have been more than like 30 pages long and it wasn't bad, but it was more around, it was more around how to position yourself for dry firing. Uh, the, I just forget the author's name. Um, like building yourself a dry fire dojo, more like just like how to help you yeah. focus, you know? Um, and then I also have, have read both of uh, uh, building shooters and mentoring shooters by Dustin Solomon. Mm -hmm. And they both talk a lot about the theory behind shooting and, you know, one's all about neuroscience and everything, but I, I still, you know, up until I read yours, I hadn't really found anything that addressed like, I guess the actual skills that go into dry fire. Yeah. Like realistically, um, and this isn't a dig on, on either of, of those two authors. It's just, I don't know that either of them were necessarily source material experts when they wrote the book, you know? Um, so, uh, it was really cool getting a chance to jump into yours, um, and seeing everything that obviously you have experience with, right. Being pulled into, uh, into the book here. So what, I guess, if anything, um, was there like a defining moment when you were like, I'm gonna write a book on dry fire. You know, what, what got you to that point? The book, um, we, it's not necessarily a dry fire book or live fire book, right? It's just, it's just mm -hmm. a book about training. And that's one of the things it's like people write a book just on dry fire. Right. And, and I understand that like Ben Steger probably has the most successful, you know, shooting books out there. Um, and his is a dry fire book. And if you do that, or even Steve Anderson, and if you do that stuff, you will get better. Right. Uh, to me. And what we wanted to do was explain how to learn. And that was a big one. Um, and I, a lot of influences on my, in my life. Met him, Seth. You know, he's kind of a mentor and a good friend of mine. Right. So we took a lot of what we learned in the military from him and we put it in there. And it was because everybody can go do this drill. And you're like, okay. And you do it. And you're like, well, I've done it. And then you you do it. And you're like, I'm good at this, you know. And now comes the, Check the box. Was it, um, yeah. Attribution error bias, right? <laughs> you know, like we follow the yeah. attribution. Uh, are you actually good at it? Can you do that 10 out of 10 times? you know, perfectly, you know, can you do this? And so we took that and said, I think what's more important is you need to understand the learning process, right? The three-stage model learning, which is widely accepted. And then you need to understand how to set goals. You need to understand different training schedules between block and serial and randomized and all these things. And, and if you can understand all those concepts, right? And conceptually kind of get that, then you can design what's going to work for you because it's just like a workout, right? And I compare the shooting industry to the fitness industry a lot. 
you can go and buy a workout online. And this is a template. You see but is that exact, exactly. And what do they do? They make a metric. Am I allowed to cuss on here? Yeah, do, do it. Yeah, okay. you do you, man. A metric shit ton of money doing this, right? Yep. And they sell, you know, yep. you're going to do these exercises on these days. And that's a great solution for a lot of people. It takes the thought out of it, right? But it may not be after a certain point, you're going to find that, well, I'm not getting better. Well, exactly. Because that's not addressing your individual weaknesses. So by putting it all together like this, our goal is that you can design your own training program and you can design and decide what you want to do. And there's drills in the back, right? We put some drills back there, but in reality, mm-hmm. like you don't really need the drills. You need the, the, the information up front. Here's some actually, here's some ideas that you can use. And some of the ones that I use. But that we use, excuse me. But if our thought was, if you can do all that, now you can, you can manage your own and be in charge of your own success. And that was kind of the goal that, and that's why we structure our training a certain way. And it's people want to like, why do you progress this way? And why do you structure that way? It's like, read the book, you know, I'm right. happy to explain it to you, but just read the book and you'll get it. Yeah, so. no. And, and I apologize. I, I looked at the book for more of a, a dry fire, um, no, and a lot of people do. Yeah, a lot of people do. And honestly, it is. It's a dry fire book, right? But it's a dry fire. It's a live fire. It's just, but all that's just training, right? And what is dry fire? Yeah. Dry fire is 90% of your live fire. All the well, only thing that's think, missing is the recoil management. Yeah. And I think, you know, with, I mean, hell, uh, COVID, you know, ammo yeah. prices and availability mm-hmm. just being total horseshit, right? You know, yeah. um, I know a lot of people have jumped jumped to that as, as more of a focus because it's just, oh, yeah it's hard to, to, to find the money and stuff and, uh, to make it all work. It so is. having a resource like this, you know, is it's kind of invaluable. If you look at, you know, you start looking at where can I learn more about this, you know, with COVID restrictions, you couldn't travel or have classes yeah. and stuff like that, you know? So honestly, having a book like this is good. You know, you have videos on YouTube, which are, are also good for different things, but people learn differently, it you is. know? Um, and honestly, one of the things that I was, shocked with, with how good of a job you guys did with this was just how you were able to articulate, you know, the points that you're making with, um, with, with grip, uh, you know, with how yeah. you're, especially the section on, I had to read it two or three times. Cause I didn't even grasp it all the way it was with, with the, uh, the focusing of your eyes and everything yeah. and trying those like practice drills. I'm like, what is, what is this? I'm sitting there and my yeah. wife's looking at me on the couch. She's like, what are you doing? I'm like, just hold on a second. I'm, I'm focusing. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, I don't yeah. know what you're doing. You know? <laughs> um, yeah. That, that in itself, it is hard enough, at least for me. And I'm not a good teacher. I don't think, but to just sit there and explain to somebody like, yeah, just do it like this. And, and you, in that, that one-on-one scenario where you can like mold somebody's hands here, move it this mm-hmm. way, do it this way. Yeah. Um, so like, I was shocked. Like that was really, really well done. Um, thank you, man. You know, thank with you. the articulation there, it is difficult. And I, I teach high school level, uh, musicians, um, yeah. in my like evenings and stuff. So I know sometimes it's like, you, you know, you'd only have one or two ways that you're like your go-to options. And if somebody goes, yeah, I still don't get it. You're like, all right, now I got to get creative. You know, exactly. it, it can uh, be really tough. Yeah. And you, so you mentioned vision, right? So, well, let me mm-hmm. go back. You said it's really well articulated. Yeah. You know why it's articulated? It's written that way because we have an editor. Like, if you would have <laughs> read that book, if you would have read that book. So, quick thing we started that book a few years ago, right? And mm-hmm. I, I had a lot of help from a lot of cool people. And uh, I remember I sent it to uh, Dave Roden. Do you know who he is with uh, Fragrant I, I do not. So, he works for Vertex. 
He's uh, he has his own company called Flagrant Beard, right? He makes belts, has some knives and stuff. Super cool guy, right? Amazing guy. And he's friends with Kyle Lamb from VTAC and Viking Tactics. They live yeah, south yeah. of me at, near uh, in here in Tennessee. And uh, I sent it to him. I was like, hey, man, what do you think? Like, we don't know each other that well, but we know each other. And I would get an unbiased, you know, opinion from him, honest opinion. He was like, uh, it's got some good parts, but, and he started oh, listening damn. about, so I just highlighted all and deleted it. And we started over, right? And I started over writing again. And then I remember sending it to him like a year and a half later, being like, hey, Dave, here you go. He's like, whoa, this is totally different, you know? And then uh, the editors got a hold of it and they were like, they go down, they leave little marks in like the Word doc, which I don't even know yeah. how to use that crap, you know, review or something. Yep, it's all yep. these comments. I'm just like, oh my God, I sound like an idiot. I see what you mean, right? So they, <laughs> they change all that verbiage up and they yeah. put it together to be a lot more readable, right? Um, but you talked about the vision stuff. Vision is hands down one of the hardest things to teach in shooting because I cannot show you, like hand you my eyeballs, right? And show mm -hmm. you what I see. And you go, oh, right? So you got to get tricks. You got to have little tricks and you got to do stuff and you got to convey things in three different ways. And maybe one way works for like, this many people and one way they kind of get this another you explain a different way they get this but you got to understand what they're doing because i remember when i first started shooting everybody's like see the target clear front sight post see <laughs> oh the target God. again you know and like up oh, have a good time say hi hi all right go dance baby girl all right see you later and that's always so, the difficult stuff with that with the vision at least i remember when i was first shooting right out of the box m p with the whites, uh, yeah. with two dots in the back, one in the front. It took me forever. It took me yeah. forever until I think it was, maybe it was, I don't even know what video it was. I saw somewhere, I'm like, hey, if you get blacked out rears and a, and a tritium front, it helps. And I didn't understand the science behind it. I couldn't yeah. explain to somebody why it helps. I just yeah. know that when I, when I switched them out, that it did help. And I'm like, all right, I'm doing this on every gun I ever own from now on yeah. is getting blacked out rears. Yeah. Cause it just makes you focus easier. Right. And it's mm -hmm. so kind of going back on that, it's hard to learn how to focus. So when I first started shooting, they're like, you know, you need to see a crystal clear front sight. And I'm like, I don't see crystal clear shit, you know, yeah. like what's going on here? Like, am I seeing through these sites? And that when I see a crystal clear front side then there's like two targets back there because your mm -hmm. eyes are in different points that converge to Dude, one yeah. so you get your double vision it's super confusing and then, yeah and then you're like well when i see the single target then i look through the sights i see two guns and i know because i'm right eye dominant you know then it's the gun on the left right so that's the one i want and, you know but my sights aren't clear and you keep second guessing yourself and you over you what if it and you overdo it and it's finally like look man you have and what i finally learned to do is like instead of thinking hard target focus or sight focus right which is what a lot of people have done for years and they're very successful. You know, you can take Rob Latham, you can take all these guys, you know, or, uh, well, Rob Latham's got a cool video called why aiming is useless. Right. And I love that video. Um, you yeah. can check it out on YouTube. It's like five minutes and you're like, you know, like why, why did nobody ever tell me this, but mm -hmm. you know, all these guys and like, yes, that works, but over time, their eyes have strengthened. Right. And they are able to snap back and forth between a broad focus and a narrow focus a lot quicker. And they can change that depth of field easier because our eyes kind of work like a camera lens. So yeah. at first we can't even comprehend that because our eyes don't do it. And it takes years to develop that, but it's like, well, if we can, instead of think of it, instead of this or that, think of like you're switching your focal plane back and forth. So what do I want to see? I want to see generally towards the target and see through my sights if I need to, but if I need more sight to be a little more accurate with iron sights, I'm just going to move that focal plane back as far as I need. So what I kind of do is I just set my focal plane somewhere in the middle right? Mm -hmm. Set my focal point in the middle and I kind of see everything and shoot like that. And all of a sudden my shooting improved, you know, and in my head, 
I'm not doing what they're telling me to do, but maybe I am doing what they're telling me to do. They're just explaining it in a way that I don't comprehend, you know, cause we can't yeah. see the same thing. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so I think vision, what separates the best shooters in the world, you take a JJ Rakaza, right? You take a Bob Vogel, Christian Seiler, you know, Doug Koenig, um, Kyle Lamb, like any of these guys, uh, there's a whole list of others. You take those guys, what separates them from us is they do the exact same thing every time they pull that trigger. And there's, it's, it's a repeatable process that produces a predictable result. It's the same thing right. over and over and over. They don't second right. guess it. They know when those sites are on target, they can pull it. There's one, but two, they see differently. They, they don't see like we see. And it takes us a long time to get to there. And we're never going to get to that level. And thus you can train your eyes to do it, which is why we have the vision drills in there, which is why we try and explain it in there. Um, but I think that's one of the biggest separators for people when they're shooting is, is simply vision. Cause you, you don't yeah. know what right is until it clicks and you do it right. You know? Yeah. I so. mean, just explaining that to somebody who's never shot a gun before, or if they've only yeah. ever shot, you know, like a, a shotgun out back at the cabin or something when they were a kid, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? And they've never had any kind of meaningful instruction. I know when I was, yeah. when I took my wife to the range for the first time, um, getting her to, from what, well, she wears glasses. So wearing the, you know, the safety yeah. glasses over, it was enough of a problem, but yeah. Um, yeah. just getting that, um, that alignment, you know, and understanding the front sight kind of as it bobs back and mm -hmm. forth between the, the rear and everything. Yeah. And, um, it, it is, it's, it's a big hurdle. And I think, and I, you know, I'm kind of interested to hear what you think. That's a big part of why red dots on pistols have become so popular because it kind yeah. of eliminates a lot of that, um, I guess, processing, you know, it's just here, put it the does. dot on the target and about 80% of the time, like that's pretty much, that's good enough to get you done you know, proficiency aside, but, um, I think that's why it's becoming so popular. And now you're seeing so many guns out on the market that are, <clears throat> they come out of the box optics ready, you know, just slap on. I mean, hell SIG, SIG created a whole line of optics just to go with the whole line of yeah. guns that they made, I know, know, which is smart. Right. And it's, it, it's brilliant um, marketing. I mean, I wish there yeah. were better optics per, me personally, you know, I rock an RMR, but, um, it is, it's genius here. You can buy it out of the box. You got your dot on here already set it up. Is. You got, you know, your, uh, your, your sites and everything's worked out here. You don't have to do a damn thing. You don't need to send it anywhere. Don't need to cut it or mill yeah. it. You're good to go. Go have fun. Yep. And, and it's so that red dot makes it. So it takes all that guesswork out of your vision, right? Your focal shifts mm -hmm. from target to site to this and that and eliminates all of it. The dot is magically on the target. That's it. It's just inside this little housing, right? Depending on what kind of sites you have, it may be smaller, bigger. I run a DP pro. Like I like loophole yep. products. I don't know if you guys noticed that what's up, but the, uh, like that, that dot is magically there. So you can effectively have a target focus for everything, you know, in a, in a way. And that's what makes the red dot, you know, great. And it's easier for eyes and everything else. So, and then when you get to the red dot, what we found is I was resistant to shooting a red dot for a long time. I was like, you know, I shouldn't shoot a red dot until I'm really good with irons. And finally mm -hmm. I was, I thought, screw this. I'm just going to shoot the red dot. And then you know, I went back to my irons and thought I'm way better with irons now. Way that's what I thought when I, that's, it's funny you say that because that's the argument I used to tell myself and I was mm -hmm. like, I didn't want to spend the money to have it milled and to buy an optic. Yeah. I was like, no, I'm not good with irons yet. And honestly, it's, it's true. I mean, if you can't shoot with irons, you're going to be a little bit better with a dot, mm -hmm. but it's not going to fix, you know, chances are your sight alignment is probably not your only issue, you know, so it's not a bandaid for everything. Right. Um, <clears throat> I kind of forced myself to, to be better with irons. Um, and then when I switched to a dot, it was actually a pretty bit decent learning curve trying to find that dot. It, it just, it, it, it's, a, it's not, it's not eliminating problems altogether. It's just a, 
a different set of problems that are more manageable. It is. And then, so there's a lot more feedback in the dot, right? So mm-hmm. when you present a pistol with iron sights, you generally have the slide, you know, as it comes into view, the slide will help line up those iron sights and you can kind of see where they're at. And you're like, oh, just left and right, right? And you're, you're fine. Yeah. With that dot, that housing is a little bit higher, right? And as you present, sometimes it kind of covers that up so you don't get that natural alignment because you, didn't, you notice how your peripheral vision on the slide coming up. So with a dot, you have to just rep that out and really have everything just right so the dot is where you want. You know, there's little tricks that we teach in class on how to do that. But once you get it, you know, and you get past all the feedback in the dot, like I prefer a six MOA dot over a two and a half, simply because that bigger dot, it doesn't seem to be like jiggling and yeah, moving nope. and like it's having a seizure. So you, know, you feel Same. like, am I like, do I have like Parkinson's? What's going on? That dot you know, it's just <laughs> constantly moving. You, know, you feel like exactly. Ali holding a gun. And it's like, wow, that's forever, not whatever. But it's uh, (laughs) as you put it out there, like the dot gives you feedback, gives you a lot of feedback, but it tells you what you're doing. And that dot's great for dry fire. Because you get the immediate feedback? Is that trigger, was that thing right? Did I pull that trigger correctly, right? We're not looking Mm -hmm. for it to not move at all, but we're looking for it to not draw lines, right? Not jerk, right? you know? So, and uh, I can get into PTV and post-travel vibration, but it's going to move a little bit, right? As the trigger breaks and that's fine. Um, But once you get that, man, you just start shooting your irons like that. And it's way easier. You're like, ah, I just see my irons like a red dot. Just see your irons as one thing and just let it rip. And you're like, wow, I'm shockingly accurate like this. And it's kind of surprising. So it's kind of like, um, so I went to, uh, I got an open gun for USPSA and I started shooting that. I was like, man, this is, this is like a race, you know, like you're a race car driver, right? It's like the the analogy I use is if you took Max Verstappen, I don't know if you're an F1 fan or anything or or watch racing, like Max Verstappen. Okay. He's like the dude, right? Just watch Netflix drive to survive, right? That show on Netflix F1. Oh my God. It's so good. It's like man drama, right? So (laughs) it's, uh, it's, uh, it's great. But you know, that guy, you put him in an F1 car, he's unstoppable. It's incredible. If you put that guy in a Toyota Corolla and said, Hey, go drive on the freeway. He's going to feel like he's driving slow, but you take a brand new driver and they're going to be like white knuckling. Like, Oh my God, we're going so fast. You know, it's like, well, he's used to going faster. So I went back to my, you know, regular clocks after that. And I'm like, this is way easier, right? Well, I think it's kind of the same concept with a red dot to irons. You get the red dot and you're like, whoa, this thing's, it's fast, you know, this and that. It's got so much feedback and you're shooting. Then you go back to irons. You're like, this is a lot easier. You know what I mean? So I think it's kind of a similar concept. So, I mean, I guess, are you seeing, because you run classes for Ellie and Mill, and then Mm -hmm. you you guys also run classes for civilians. Oh, yeah. Are, are, Are you seeing that? Because, I mean, dots are, it's just way more popular. Like, you know, in the last probably three years alone, you've just seen so much more of, and and like we said, you know, uh, guns that come straight from the factory with the optics availability is a big part of that. But do you think that's becoming a crutch at all? Like, are we, do you think you're seeing guys lose some of that, um, I guess, some of that skill um, running a, a handgun, right? Because they went they skipped irons altogether and went straight to a dot because it's what they saw you know their favorite guy on the internet doing um and it becomes a crutch i can see why people make that argument right so that is an argument like if you go straight to a dot you're not going to learn pistol fundamentals right it's like okay um just like if you have a gps you should still read a map and a compass right and be able to do land nav it's like Absolutely. But I think it's different because the GPS, if we're doing land navigation, like in the military, right, the GPS can break. And then I have no way, you know, to to navigate if I don't understand what a map (laughs) of compass is with a 
red dot and iron sights, that's a lot different. They're both doing the same thing. Just one has a battery in it. Right. And usually have backup irons. So to me, it's the same thing. Like, does someone really need to shoot a rifle with iron sights, you know, to learn how to shoot a rifle with a red dot? Well, over time we're learning no. Right. Yeah. So how is it any yeah. different with a pistol? And the GPS doesn't make you better at a map and compass, but the red dot makes you better irons you know what i mean you're still mm -hmm. shooting you still have to you still have to apply all the fundamentals right i think that some of the fundamentals just get simplified so you get to success faster and the biggest thing is going to be the vision right that's all it is it's just vision but with that too it teaches you visual patience a little bit more it teaches you some other things and you got to read that feedback on the dot differently and you have to trust your shot and if you're not used to it you'll actually see some people that get a red dot and with irons they don't we'll call it anticipating right so some of the terms i hate on the range is jerking the trigger and anticipating because there's usually some guy in the back going quit jerking the trigger quit anticipating it and then you ask yep. Yep. i know what does those. that mean and they're yeah. like uh i I don't just quit doing it. You're like, you don't know what those mean, do you? You know, you're just yelling yep. them at me because it's the only thing you have to tell me to kind of correct myself. So you guess you're going to get more feedback in that dot. You're, you, you'll be more likely to anticipate it, right? And we get anticipation through micro adjustments. We get anticipation through, you know, our body position. We get anticipation through how we pull the trigger, right? So there's lots of different things that cause actual anticipation. So yes, we're going to see that at first, but as soon as they get past that, they're good, right? And it's, when you hand somebody a dot at the beginning, they usually do this. They start doing this. They put the dot up and like their head comes back and they start holding yeah. it and they do this thing. Right. And I'm like, Oh my Trying God. Trying to find the dot. Yeah. Yeah. Fish and it's dot. like, okay, well that's awkward. So of course you're going to have problems when you shoot, but once you get used to it, we don't see any problems. And actually now, I mean, I think this past weekend, about half the guns in the pistol class we did were optics. So we did a pistol one and two up in Spokane. Half of them were red dots. And, that's, know, and then after we started seeing that, that's why I started running red dot in class. So, yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's what pushed me. I honestly, I, um, you know, daily carry just a Glock 43 X, nothing crazy. Mm -hmm. And I was very, like I said, I was very resistant to putting a dot on it. Yeah. And at the beginning of the year, <clears throat> the wife just decides, Hey, we should, you know, let's go take a concealed carry class together. I was like, yeah, yeah that, hell yeah. That'd be a fun time. Let's absolutely do that. Yeah. Went to class and, and it was, it was great. Um, but I, and I did, I, I mean, I did okay. Um, you know, we had like this like little contest at the end, you know, uh, I think it was like five yards, uh, just draw from the buzzer and, and the headshot box, you know, nothing crazy. Yeah. Um, so you weren't necessarily winning by being the fastest shot. Your accuracy was a consideration. But what I did notice is that half the class was running dots and half was running irons and mm -hmm. the dot guys were faster. Yeah. And yeah. so maybe not, the mo maybe not always more accurate, but you know, if I was already accurate to begin with and the dots can help me be faster, I was like, you know, I'm going to do it. Like literally the next, that was a Saturday, Monday afternoon. I was like calling my boss because I work remote. I work from home and going, Hey, um, I need to take a long lunch. I need to go drop my slide off at, uh, I just told her I had to go to the, I, I told her I have to go to the sporting goods store. And she kind of, I think she kind of figured out by not, she, you know, I mean the gun shop, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> I was like, you know what? I gotta get, I gotta do this, you know, absolutely need to do it. it it's noticeably faster. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and seconds matter, you know, why not do it? I mean, with yeah. everything that's out there now, and it's affordable too. Like you can get, I think I paid yeah. 200 bucks or 225 or something for the hollow sun that I run on my, my 43 X. Yeah. Like it's really not that expensive uh, to get into it. You know, why not give yourself the advantage? Yeah. yeah. And, and I agree. It's, there's nothing wrong with iron sights. And if you train with the iron side gun, you know, over time, you're going to be great shooter, right? Be fine. Put in yeah. the work, right? There's nothing wrong with it. We've been using iron sights, you know, for 
know, since guns were invented, right? Like however long ago that was, but there's nothing that like the name of the game is speed. So if you're looking at this from a defensive standpoint, or you're looking at this from a competition standpoint, or if you're looking at it from a professional standpoint that you carry a gun for a living, and by that, I mean, law enforcement, military, right? Uh, right. Contractors, you know, and security and stuff like that. Um, from that defensive to competition to professional, whatever it's you you want to get the gun out and get shots on target faster. That's it. Like, you know, you have to balance speed and accuracy, but whoever does that first usually wins, right? If they can do that accurately, they're going to win. And right. if I can buy something and put it on my gun and go, Hey man, this is actually going to make me better and allow me to make better decisions. Right. And in that moment and make it easier mm-hmm. for me, then why wouldn't I do it? You know, it is a lot of value added. And so I don't, a lot of people that the arguments, it's like, no, I mean, if you want to say, you know, just make sure you have backup irons in your gun in case your dot doesn't work. Other than that, like, why not? You know? Yeah. No, absolutely. And I mean, and to that point, right, with with military and, and law enforcement, are you starting to see more adoption of that in especially oh, yeah. in like the law enforcement realm? Because I, I do, yeah. I feel awful. I have friends in law enforcement and when I just talk to them about training and and practice and stuff, it's like, yeah, man, I get to go do this for uh, I qualify, you know, what is it once or twice a year? And then yeah. everything else I have to find the time for, I have to find the money for, I have to pay to go to these outside classes. And it's mm-hmm. like, you know, damn man. Okay. Um, do they let you, you know, do this stuff? Like, well, it's gotta be approved by this person. And it's gotta be approved then by this next one. And yeah. certain things you can and can't do. So, I mean, is that, I would hope to, uh, you know, that it's the technology has been there long enough that we're starting to see it more, universally adopted in law enforcement, but I don't know, is that something you're seeing a lot? Oh yeah. And it really comes down to the department, you know, can they afford to do it? You know, and when that time does come, they, they are doing it, you know? And I think a lot of departments are realizing, Hey man, a lot of these cops, they're terrible shooters. Terrible. <laughs> right. And it's, that's not a dig. I'm, that's just a reality. It's, yeah. it's just a fact. And I don't mean that to insult anybody. And there are some law enforcement officers that are amazing shooters. One guy is Eric. His name's Eric. I don't know if he wants to his last name, but he's in Nashville, right? He's up there. He's a trained guy. His name's mm-hmm. Eric. Good dude. Phenomenal shooter. And he shoots USPSA in his duty gear. Right. Well, you take that guy. Yes. He's, you know, an outlier, right? Cause that's his hobby. Right. It's like, what do you do? He's like, okay, for a living, he's like, I'm a cop. But what do you do outside of that? He's like, I shoot guns. Like, <laughs> well, what about this? He's like, yeah, I shoot guns. You know, <laughs> like he's right. always practicing. Right. You know, but you got those guys, but for the average cop that is underpaid, undertrained, underappreciated and overworked, you know what I mean? And yeah. by that, I mean, they're getting four hours of sleep a night and pulling second shifts because guys are out and they're already, you know, very low manning. They have manning issues across the board, across the country. You know, maybe not every department because every department's different, but they do. Then you said, hey, man, you guys are getting in a lot. You know, there's a lot of liabilities here with guns, you know, and your officers aren't very good shooters. But here's this little piece of equipment and the army tested it. And they said red dots make shooters better off the bat. And the FBI's looked at it and said the same thing, you know, and other people have done studies. And anecdotally, you know, we all say the same stuff. Uh, so we can make your guys better. And they go, really? We go, yeah, give us a couple hours on the range. And I guarantee your cops will shoot better qualifications and higher scores. And they're like, whoa. And that's when, so sometimes I help out and I teach loopholes uh dp pro class right so when a department mm-hmm. wants to get dp pros or looking to do it they bring down all the guns and optics and i'll go out there and help teach it I haven't done it for a while but i've done it a few times with them in the past and we'll have these guys that you know their claws aren't that good and we spend four five six hours on the range hand them the gun and they're like oh my lord my scores are better i'm like yeah 
Now, is it all about training for the test? No, but unfortunately, that's the, the situation a lot of departments are in, you know, um, but they're seeing the value there. They're seeing that it is actually making these these officers better, more accurate shooters. And it's worth can, it. Yeah. It is. So what do we look at for an officer, you know, a law enforcement professional or just a professional who carries a gun is confidence, right? So we want that person to go in a situation and be confident. If they are confident, they'll make a better decision. So what is confidence? Well, it's preparation and competence equals confidence. So if we can prepare them a little bit and, and we can make them competent, and part of that is maybe buying the right equipment, then absolutely, they're going to step in that situation and maybe that officer will have a better result, you know? Um, and I don't want to get political with it because I'm a big supporter of law enforcement. You know, I no, absolutely. women every day um, and, you know, some of them are incredible. You know, I'm sure they have bad cops, just like there's bad Green Berets, you know, just like there's bad Navy SEALs, you know, there's yeah. cops out there that shouldn't be doing the job but on the whole the ones i meet man they're hardworking and they care you know and if we can do that for them hey man they're going to be better in that situation i think a red dot does help with that yeah i i really i i hope it's it's something that more departments look into and not even you take it past a red dot right <clears throat> investing in proper training classes like what you guys offer um and and not necessarily a, you know a shot at guys that run academies or anything like that but mm. and, and, I, and i i'm not in law enforcement i've never worked law enforcement you know but for hearing what i have the situations that they run into unfortunately the things that we see on social media and you like then everyone and their grandmother decides to like armchair quarterback what should have happened what could have happened and decision making out of a six second clip what you need like mm -hmm. at least two minutes to give actual context to that yeah yeah God. and it's you know and but unfortunately i mean there's some things you can look at and in i'm not going to say all obviously but in some instances it's just really easy to look at and go better training would have fixed that you know there was um a couple months back uh i don't even remember where it was it was a Burlington coat factory and an, you know, an officer involved shooting. The guy just didn't understand, or maybe he did. And, or I don't know, um, you know, running a like Vietnam era M16, right. Mm -hmm. or, or, and he's got an ACOG on top of it. Didn't understand the offset with his optic. Right. And wound yeah. up shooting an innocent through a wall, you know, and yeah. it's, those are the kinds of things, you know, understanding offset. Hell, when I took my first carbine class, that was the first thing we did. And everyone sucked at it because, you don't think about it. You just think there's a dot, there's a target go, you don't yeah. realize, Hey man, we're at three yards right now. Um, or five yards over. It was, I'm gonna have to hold a little bit high on this or it's not going to work out. <clears throat> yeah. You know, having, having the, the, that's kind of why, and again, not to get too political, but the whole defund police thing, I just think it's absolutely ridiculous. Like it costs that's money right. to be better. You know, you want <laughs> more like you want better shooting. So the innocents aren't, aren't hurt as a, as a yeah. byproduct, 110 percent yeah. makes sense, right? What's going to fix that? More training. What do you need for more training? More money. Yeah, it's just it's it's absolutely crazy, and um, uh, you hate to see it, right? But uh, I digress, right? So, getting back to the book, right? And and you guys and training and everything. Um, let's talk a little bit about how you see people applying this in their 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 practice before maybe they go to a class is this something that you i guess maybe when you wrote it was it like hey this should be like your your homework before the course and you i mean do you reference it in your coursework are you are you at yeah, that point so what we did was for a lot of for a long time we got asked people would ask questions like hey man you guys put out a lot of stuff and you know 
it's a lot to remember. And some of it's like, I've never heard this stuff before because we teach stuff a little bit differently, right? It's like some people say on certain things, we're kind of backwards. Like we teach grip differently. We teach this differently, you know, but it's just get people to change their, their frame of reference, right? So people would always ask like, can you give us like a sheet? Like, hey, here's some notes like after the class yeah. and like we can take home and kind of have that. I was like, yeah, no, absolutely not. <laughs> so part of that is one, I'm already putting in a lot of work. I don't want to do anymore. Two, yep take notes during the class. You should have brought a pen, right? And they're like, I, I know, I know. But so what we do is like, I tell you what, let's just write a book and put as much of that in there as we can. And when people, our goals, when people leave the course, if you read this, then all that other, you can take all that stuff and put it in and formulate it and put it into a plan. You can have, you know, a, um, a plan, right? A training plan to make yourself better. So that was kind of the point of it. I mean, whether you buy the book before and you come to a class or whether you come to the class and then get the book, we see a lot of that, or whether you just never been to a class and want the book, like whatever. Right. But we just, right. we wanted to have something when people left. Cause I, I don't like, if you come to my class, you're not going to go from good to great in two days, right? It's not going to happen. It takes, that's a process. A lot of time. Uh, invested, yeah. Right. But we can have those nuggets where it's like, Oh, I never thought about it like that. That fixed this issue. And this other thing fixed this issue. And now when I train, I feel better. Like I know what right feels like. Great. But now we needed to do something for you to have continued progress, right? Sustain, sustain those skills and, and, and improve on them. So that's kind of what we made the book was for, to answer that question and to, yeah. you know, give people a way forward really was what it was. Yeah. And I think, I think it's awesome, you know, and I know there's some guys that, um, <clears throat> that are kind of against the whole, I don't want to say self-teaching because it, it really isn't self-teaching, but yeah. there's a lot of guys out there that'll only subscribe to the the thought that it's like, you're only a better if you go to a class. And I don't know if that's a hundred percent true. I know it's the, it's not the best way to get yeah. better because, and this is something I, I explain to again, I teach music and I explain to my students and I use this analogy a lot, like Tiger Woods, right? best golfer in the world, probably possibly yeah. in history, you know, or even uh, Tom Brady, best quarterback that the, the NFL's yeah. ever seen. And, Absolutely. you know, I know some people hate him. I, I freaking love it, you know, so but, but even they have coaches they work with. They have mm -hmm. individual teachers that they work with because mm -hmm. you can't see yourself. So how are you going to, you know, so self-diagnosis and things like that. So there's, there's always ways that you can get better. Um, you know, so with, with stuff like this, with videos on social media, with the mm -hmm. books, you know, um, I guess, have you seen in your experiences with classes or, or maybe just observations of the community at large, do you think stuff like this is, is really where the next, I guess, evolution in training and teaching is like, like it raises the minimum expectation, right. For knowledge when you enter a course, because there is so much more access with technology, um, to information like this, I mean, or yeah. at the very least more than there was, you know, what, 10, uh, however, whenever the, the Magpul DVDs came out back in the day, yeah. Yeah. Chris Costa and Travis Haley, you know, yeah. um, do you think you, you see, uh, like a, I guess a, a higher floor to people coming into classes and stuff? I, yeah, yeah. And there's always going to be a market for people who are like, Hey, I just bought my gun what do I do? It's like, go back to your gun store and ask for a class, right. And, and go over that. That's not what our classes are, right? Like to come to mm -hmm. our class, as long as you are safe, you know, in the way you handle your gun, you understand how it works and you generally like got some stuff right down. As long as you're safe and you pull the gun out and put it on target, I'll handle the rest. You know what I mean? But at the same time, we progress quickly. And so we have a broad range of people there. Um, I do think 
so you mentioned the the Magpul videos, right? Yeah. That kind of started it all. That was like the beginning of the boom in the training industry. And it's really a saturated market. Like everybody now is a trainer. You know what I mean? Like everybody and their brother does training. Everybody's got an yeah. Instagram account. For better or for worse. Yep. yep. Yeah. And like, so there's a host <laughs> of options and there's a host of people putting out information. Now, how many of those, you know, are, that's their, it's going to sound cheesy, but I guess their craft, right? Like what they really do, or are they just dipping a toe in the water, you know? And there's some, and probably some incredible instructors that nobody's ever heard of, right? You know, and they just have a little Instagram account. They might be phenomenal, but I do think that it's instead of being how it used to be, like it was just front site focus, you know, front site, front site, pull the trigger. And that was kind of the extent of it, right? Um, yeah. Now you've got guys that there's a broad range and now you have, you can choose to go to see competition guys, right? Like JJ Rakaza, you know, Tim Heron, Bob Vogel, you know, guys like that. And Christian Seiler is doing some stuff now too. Or you can choose to go more of the tactical route, right? And go learn from ex Green Berets and Special Forces guys like me or some SEALs or, you know, JSOC guys, and you can go over here. And then some people like to blend stuff. And so, so there's a lot more options for what you need. You know what I mean? So now uh-huh. you can find a better fit for you, I think. Um, but yes, I do think you've seen, we've seen an evolution and maybe I'm not quite answering the question right, but I'm just going to keep going. But I think we've oh, seen an yeah, evolution. Yeah. I think it's like an evolution of instruction, right? So what was acceptable to pay for a class and go and get before may have just been instruction. Here's what we're doing here's the drill you need. Now do the drill. And so you shoot this drill. You're like, did you do the drill? All right, next drill. And it was just like some drills, right? And you're like, yep. okay. And I think over time, you're seeing a lot more people um, because like I said, the market's saturated, right? So it's, it's more competitive. So you're going to get people that come out and they're like, what's going to set me apart? And what's going to set you apart is being a good teacher. You know, and now you got to be a coach, not just an yeah. instructor. And that's so something I was going to point out when you earlier you said there's you know uh, a bunch of teachers out there that are probably good that people don't necessarily know about. Yeah, you just being good at something alone, like or having the resume that says you know, hey, yeah. I was a seal. It's like sweet man, but then yeah. you're probably a pretty good shooter. I would wager fifty other guys. You know, yeah, like that doesn't that that has literally nothing to do with are you a good teacher? And yes, I mean, and that used to though that used to be all you yeah. needed. That's all I you needed this. was to say, I did this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I'm not saying that's how some of the, the best instructors, you know, say kind of no. generational, right? Like yeah. I'm of a certain generation in the shooting industry when I came in, you know, there's the generation before me and the generation before that. I'm not saying that some of the best instructors then that's all they relied upon, but there was, that was enough to get people to come to the course. Whereas now, hell, you almost damn near got to be making TikToks and selling your soul to the devil, you know, and marketing and yeah. all that sort of stuff. But, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No. And that's, uh, you know, I, I, um, Dutch Moyer was on the, uh, the mm-hmm. podcast a couple of weeks back. And I know, um, that's something that he mentioned is like, yeah, I'm just now getting kind of started in the, the social media mm-hmm. thing. He's like, I hate it. You know, and I, know. I, and I get it, you know, for all the good yeah, things yeah. social media has given us, you know, like access to training information or just information on CQB or shooting and, and you know, all, all that stuff and YouTube, it, it, it's great, you know, for all the good things it gives us just as many bad things. Um, mm. and that's both yeah. in and out of the shooting community. You know, I think yeah. just me personally, I think people, society as a whole is like way worse off, um, yeah. for social media. We'll take a know. guy like Dutch, right? <clears throat> a guy like Dutch. I have heard nothing but incredible things about the guy, right? When awesome, it comes from dude. his experience and what he did, Oh, he's the real deal. Right. But then mm-hmm. when it comes to being an instructor, 
he's the real deal, you know, like he's one of those guys, but he's not a, you know, he, he hates that Instagram stuff. I'm not gonna lie. I hate it too. Right. I absolutely can't stand it. But every time I get on there, I get sucked in. I'm like, Oh, look how nice that guy's yard is. <laughs> like half the stuff, my Instagram is like yards, like lawn care. People are like, you're a, what? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Get, get off my grass. Like I'm out there feeding it, you know, watering it. Like that's me. But the uh, guy like that, he might get drowned out by someone who's just loud and cool and uses words like goon and gucci and wants to shoot around a lamborghini i'm like oh my God. how much of that is really invested into the people that are hearing your information and you try to make them better and how much of it is you just trying to present yourself as a cool guy right and live your fancy yeah. you know what i mean and yeah. i so i think that's yeah and that's the hard part about the industry right now is a guy like that might and I, I don't think he is because I think people are finally realizing it. You know, and they're going, "Oh shit!" When you go see a guy like Dutch, you know, he's the real deal. But I think for a period of time, there a lot of people like that were getting drowned out. You know what I mean? And oh, I yeah. think it's starting to change. Um, but my dogs. Are no, I think somewhere. I think it's it's just um, I don't know. It, it's honestly one of the things I, I like. I hate the most is some of these guys. Yeah, the goon thing is a little bit weird to me, or the whole. Um, you know, dudes are really into you know, during the last two years, right? COVID lockdown, like, oh, the boogaloo is going to happen. I'm like, oh, yeah. who? Wait, what the hell is this, and why? You know, and then it starts to kind of draw a lot more negative attention, which we already, you know, again, for better or worse, in this country, we already have we have a problem with you know negative attention on on our community, our space, whatever. It's like, yeah, okay, this we really do need to make a concerted community effort here. To and I'm not saying like I know there's some guys that's how they make their living. And I don't want to see anybody out of a job or hungry or any of that stuff. But yeah, you, you get to a point where it's like, dude, this is no longer beneficial. Like <clears throat> gold plated AKs are as funny to me as the next guy. But like that does absolutely nothing for me watching you yeah. magnum that, that, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so you see people that put out stuff, it's, they put out education, they put out impact or they put out entertainment, right? Like those are kind of the three types of social media stuff that you'll see go out yeah. there. And that comes from a guy named Andy Frisella from a first form nutrition, right? I heard that a long time ago on his podcast. I was like, oh, it's brilliant, right? Yeah. So some people really harp on the education. You know, some people put more into the impact, right? Which is, you know, it's different, you know, however you want to do it. But, um, and then some people are just entertainment. And it's like, well, is that entertainment or is that education? Like, which one are you going for here? Because I, I don't want to go learn from somebody that just wants entertainment, right? That wants to blur their eyes out when they've never have no reason to blur their eyes. You know what I mean? And like black, you know, like putting the little bars over the, the, yeah, the redacted bar and identity. It's like, <laughs> bro, I know you, you are not secret. Like, why are you doing that? Yeah, like, well, no one's, no one cares. Yeah. Like no one cares, man. So like, I don't know. It's, if it's more focused on the entertainment, then you're probably a personality rather than a professional. You know what I mean? And you might mm -hmm. be a bottle rocket, not a star, right? And like our thing is we see a lot of people come and go in the industry, right? It's like, I hate to use the word star, right? But you see some people like stars are always there. They're not the brightest, but they're always consistently there. So right. who's a star? Well, Frank Proctor, Kyle DeFour, Kyle Lamb, you know, uh, you know, guys like that. Those are, those are stars. They will be around forever because they, uh, that's who they are. And then you got bottle rockets. Yeah, like oh, it's set where to go, right? Like it's like that's it, you know. Yeah. I don't want to be a bottle rocket, and some of those people are. And um, you know, there's some great people in the industry, phenomenal people, right? But there's also like anything, it's the it's very similar to the fitness industry, right? Extremely similar to the fitness industry. You mm -hmm. know, the, some of the most popular maybe aren't the people you want to listen to. You know, when you get on YouTube and you see like this guy's got millions of views, it's like, 
yeah. Uh, is he actually a fitness professional going to make you better? Or is he just doing, you know, telling you that a certain exercise like deadlifts are stupid with a shirt off? Like, okay. You know, yeah. So. No. And that's, and that's the tough part when you actually have, have been able to narrow down like what you want to learn about, you know, like I want to learn about, uh, you know, overlanding, or I want to learn about land nav, you know, or running radios, you know, I want to learn as much camo stuff as I can, you know, um, in not every case, but in a lot of cases, unfortunately, it's yeah, if you got like 27 million followers, and you're doing something dorky, like radio work, it's like, yeah. okay, did you legit get here? Because you just got the attention. And some of those guys legit did, you know, like ham radio crash did, course. Yes, absolutely. Great channel, super smart guys. It, it, mm-hmm. It's awesome. <laughs> You know, and then in the two A space, unfortunately, we have some of these people. And it's like, dude, you just did this for clicks. It's not good. And then you have to like yeah. really dig and search and hunt for some of these informational pages. Only have like twenty seven hundred followers, but it's some of the most informative stuff that you'll come across because they don't worry about marketing themselves. And they don't pay for mm-hmm. boosts and things like that. They just worry yeah. about here. I'm going to put out my content, and if you build it, they will come. And just yeah. going to do what I do. You know. Um, and that's, that's where I think things are kind of at right now. You know, I, that's what I do. I've connected with some really cool people that have pretty small followings, you know, it's like 10,000 less. And it's like, these are the guys you need to talk about. These are the people that that have something, you know, constructive to say and and get a message out there and, Mm um, that are actually gonna make it better. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And And it's, yeah. And I, so just to kind of go back, I'm not knocking on the entertainment aspect of it. If you look at our YouTube channel, which we just kind of started and we're kind of playing with, and we have some other stuff scheduled, there's education on there. There's also just us running and gunning, doing CQB, right? It's cool. I actually video. just so watched entertainment. That, yeah. The, uh, like, the cinematic one. Entertainment too. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, that was part of that cool. is, thanks man. Like part of that yeah. is I, I love movies, right? And our videographer, Tom, who Thomas Chi, he's here in Nashville, incredible guy, right? Well, he likes doing that stuff too. So we, we play with it, right? Because that's advertising, that's marketing. You know what I mean? So we got to do that. But at least we also have the education part of it too. That's yeah, being well rounded. You know? So, yeah, exactly. And I think so when, there's know, nothing wrong with that stuff as long as it's balanced and, you know, exactly. you know what you're actually doing it for, you know? Yeah. And so. I think the time around the time you did that, that video I mentioned at the beginning of the pod here, uh, the video with Lucas and with Eric, yeah. I think was followed shortly thereafter with another video i can see the picture i can't remember the title it was like how to shoot or, or how to see your sights faster or something it was yeah. like you standing next to him with a shot timer and so yeah there, there needs to be balance with it you know the entertaining yeah. stuff is is important um because it's kind of how you i think we're at a point with the community right now where we're trying to still draw interest and make the overall community stronger right yeah um bring in new shooters that's kind of how you have to do it right <clears throat> and then it's like all right you, you took the bait now here's the rest of the worm, so to speak, is yeah the educational stuff. You need to actually be a an asset, right? Not well, at no. the very least, not be a liability. Uh, like some yes. of these people you see on the news that try to, unfortunately, you know, vigilante yeah. take it into their own hands, and it's like, ah, bro, if you yeah. just maybe just a little more practice or had a little more knowledge about where the law was or how to handle this situation, things would be a little bit better, right? You know, so it's <clears throat> no, I, yeah, I 100% agree. Well balanced is is the way to go, and um, that's just, I think that's just human nature. You know, honestly, if you're, if you yeah. can't hold my attention to some degree, like mm. that's kind of a problem, you know, and that's, that's that, again, it's a tough part of being a teacher is yeah. keeping people interested. Keeping attention. We used to say like in a, my, in SF, I was in fifth group, right. And, uh, our instructors over there, uh, at one of the committees, they always be like, you have about five minutes 
if you don't, after five minutes, I'm tuning you out if you don't have my attention, right? That's as far as I go. And they'll just be like, you suck, done. You know what I mean? And it's true, you know? So like in class, like, so is shooting guns fun? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, man. It's fun. It's a very serious thing, right? We have to understand why we're there. And we build that accountability into the course, especially on day two. And that's a big part of it. At the same time, I'm probably cracking jokes, teasing you. And I hope you tease me too. I'm like, we're going to go back and forth. You know what I mean? Like we got to have fun with this because when we do that, it also takes a lot of the stress off of it and allows you just to perform and shoot. Right. So I need you to learn, but to learn, we got to have your attention. So we build stuff into it and do all that stuff. But yeah, man, it's, if you cannot keep people's like the, the days of that person standing up there, um, just going, this is what we're doing. You know, the army way to present task purpose standard. And this is how we do it. And blah, blah, blah. Do you understand? Go. It's like, absolutely, man, that stuff works. It's, you know, it's done that for a reason. It's done that way for a reason, but we're not teaching soldiers how to shoot. You know what I mean? Like we're teaching yeah. people who are like, I want to be better at concealed carry. And I want to, I want to how to use this gun. And, you know, they've already got so much stuff going through the head. Like, Hey man, just relax. Like, let's have a good time. You need to understand what's important. And I'm going to show you what's important and what's valuable and what is, you know, we do not compromise on at the yeah. same time. We can have fun in the middle. You know what I mean? So yeah, it should um, be fun. Yes. Yeah. And you said, you want to take that tension and that, mm-hmm. Uh, was it that like fear of failure or that like performance anxiety people yeah. get? Cause it's like, I don't want to be the worst one here. Like I remember yeah. going to my first class, I'm like, all right, as long as I'm not the worst one there, I'll be okay. As long as I'm not the worst dude there, yeah. I'm okay. And yeah. there was some real old guy there with some very FUD looking AR. And I was like, all right, that's it. I am already not the worst one here. Like I will be yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah. And then I stopped paying attention to everybody else like out through the class. I was like, I'm just gonna worry about yeah. me and have a good time. And it was yeah. great. It was great. Yep. A lot of fun. Learned a ton, yeah. Yeah. you know, and I think kind of to your point, um, you know, with accountability and everything, I, I, that's one of the things I, I wish we kind of, and maybe it's on the way, I don't know, in the community with uh, concealed carry classes, right? It's basically just a manual in, in like insurance liability. This is what you mm-hmm. need to do to not get sued epically um, or get, yeah. you know, thrown in the pokey for the rest of your life. Um, it teaches next to nothing. Like, even it surprisingly, even just in, you know, you were talking about guys coming to your classes or I guess ladies too, right? Mm-hmm. As long as you're safe with the gun, we'll teach you the rest. The number of people that have concealed carry permits um, that, that aren't safe, they don't know how to load a gun safely. They don't know how to no. unload a gun safely, handle it. Yeah. And it's like, okay, you're, this needs to, and everyone I think just goes off the base core curriculum that the uh, core curriculum um, uh, that the NRA kind of puts out or whatever body accredits you. And it's like, yeah. it literally just covers the liability. I know when I took my course and I was just having this conversation on an episode with uh, the guys from Orion training group, I had to put 20 rounds on a eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper at like 10 feet. Mm. And that was it. I'm like, that's it. I'm not gonna like shoot a drill or like, I was yeah. fully expecting stuff I'd seen yeah. online. Like where's the buzzer? What drills are we doing? Like, Nope. You're just, we walk up to the lane and there you go. I was like, yeah. So how many rounds did you shoot? Like 20. I didn't, I didn't miss 10 feet. I didn't miss. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, cool. Like I am not prepared for this. And then for that mm-hmm. very reason, I spent the next six months carrying with an empty chamber because I was just, yeah. I it was, you know, I was too yeah. new and scared to like, all right, I wish I had learned more. I don't know what the hell is going on yeah. here. <laughs> am I okay? And that's a, that's a tough argument because it's, you know, we have, you know, in States where you're required to get a, a concealed carry license, right? It's like, we don't want to set that bar so high that people can't meet it and can't True. carry a gun, right? True. At the same time, there's a lot of personal responsibility that goes into you carrying that. So if you're going to carry a gun, 
maybe you should put some effort into it. You don't have to be a world champ. You don't have to shoot a build drill. You know what I mean? In under two seconds, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But you need to be able to just constantly get the gun out, see your sights and put rounds wherever your sights are at, the bullet should go there. You know what I mean? Like if you can do that, you're probably good. Right. And you can draw and manipulate the gun correctly. So nobody gets hurt. So, but if we set that, that's personal responsibility, right? Well, if people don't do that and they think that, you know, huh, I got a CCL, I've been shooting guns since I was two years old. So one of my favorite, so all right. Uh, when people come to class, I send them a questionnaire. When you sign up for a class, there's a link, right, to a Trello board. You click it, you fill out a questionnaire, and you sign the waiver. I don't want to do any paperwork when you get there. And I also want to know where you're at. So I ask you questions like, hey, what gun are you shooting? Right-handed, left-handed? How long have you been shooting? That's my favorite question. How long have you been shooting? But there's also what issues are you having? What are you currently working on? What do you want to tell me about yourself? What are your goals? So we ask these questions. And then based on the questionnaire, I'll group people on the line based on what they said. And it's not crappy shooters, good shooters. It's, hey, you are having these issues. So I know if I tell you, it can tell three people to your left and right. You all need to hear it, right? I don't have to run More back benefits. down the line. Yeah. Oh, that's so, smart. yeah. So my favorite <laughs> question, how long have you been shooting? And right above that is their age. Age, 38. How long have you been shooting? 36 years. And I'm like, since you're I know, two, huh? I know yeah, what kind of person you, you are. And I yeah. know what you think of your own abilities. And I put a, a scale on there and it says, you know, one to five, rate yourself. Five, I put JJ Ricasa, Ron Avery, or War God Kyle Lamb. And they're like, four. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, you may right, not man, have understood the assignment. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And it's just, but at least I know, it doesn't work trick questions. Right. But I want them to answer honestly. It just lets me know who they are. And by the time we're done, I'm like, hey, man, you still a four? Are you still a five? I get fives too. People are like, I'm a five. Show up in class. I'm like, bro, you ain't no five. Right. It's nope. subjective. But at the same time, that person can't draw and shoot one round in under two seconds. How are you a five? How are you a five? You can't, you know, and no, hit a target, you know, like basic. I mean, if you think you're a five, I, I mean, yeah. I respect the confidence. I do because yes. we said earlier, you know, you got to have, well, like, I feel like you are almost in their abilities. Yeah. I think you're almost more dangerous if you lack that because it's just one of those things like you, you're so afraid of making that mistake. You are like, mm-hmm you're you're like speaking into existence because you're so worried about oh, don't do this don't do this don't do this eventually something bad's going to happen something wrong is going to happen so i mean yeah. I, I respect the confidence but yeah, that's pretty that's pretty funny like yeah, yeah. if you put people's it, names up there like so you, yeah. you think that you're in line with these gentlemen because yeah and those names are right there you know it's like they're like yeah i'm as good as jj Rakaza. it's like have you won a world championship and you're not as good as jj Rakaza. You know? so like and i'm not knocking you know i'm not making fun of you know these people who fill out these questionnaires honestly and then come to class i'm, I'm not doing that but it is no. humorous for me right because they don't have that perspective yet on what mm-hmm. they might even know who jj Rakaza is you know maybe that's it you know they don't follow all this and they've always been the best shooter in their family you know, and that's what they know about shooting. So it just tells me like, oh, this is what this person sees about shooting. Like we're going to open them up to a different perspective on shooting when they come to the course. And that's kind of cool. You know, when they go, oh my God, I never thought of that. Or I didn't even think. And it's like, yeah, you know, the first time you did it, you weren't very good. And all of a sudden now you're tagging those targets and now you're driving that gun really well. Now you're moving and shooting on a, what we call a low percentage target, which is like a military term. It just means like a hostage target, right? So USPSL use all USPSA targets. USPSA, we, you know, a non-threat in front of it. All you can see is the head box, right? And they're moving in with both ways and going pop, 
pop, you know, whereas before all they did was pull rounds and jerk the trigger and anticipate, and, you know, rounds low into the inside. And now they're putting two rounds there. It's like, man, that's a good feeling. It's a good feeling for them. It's a really good feeling for me. You know, I love seeing people do that, but opening people's eyes is, is, is good, you know? So, and just giving them a new perspective on, on what shooting really is. So, yeah, no. And that's, I mean, it's, it's awesome. And honestly, I, anybody listening to this podcast right now that, <clears throat> you guys haven't taken a class or you're on the fence about it for whatever reason, I think yeah, it can't be overstated. You know, I mean, you can practice at a lane all you want, but I, it really does yeah. take, I think, you know, you can only get so far on your own. You know, even the best shooters in the world, yeah. like we were saying earlier, they, they seek out that help to get them, you know, that over the hump, you know, whatever. I mean, I want other people to push them, you know, make them better. Yeah. 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 Or you just let them know, like, Hey, you're, you're doing this wrong. You know, you could save yourself time or mm-hmm. I, I don't know something, right? Like you're, you're compensating, you got your sights all jacked up and everything because you do this, you know, if you just fix your grip or whatever, you can right. save yourself. And it's just stuff that little tricks, like little, little cues where you're like, Hey man, that's happening because of this. And they're like, what? Like, yeah, well change this. Like, Oh man. They're like, see magic, right? It works. Now the hard part is do it again and again and again, over and over exactly. Like yeah. That. Repeatability. But you had mentioned uh, going to classes, right? And, like, and what that yeah. is. So there's people out there that go to a class and they don't touch their gun again until they go to another class. Like classes are there to help you get better, right? Like if you're going along and you're reaching frustration, you go to a class and then we show you something and we show you our way of doing it. And every instructor is different. Every instructor has got their yep. thing, right? And their way of doing it, what they think is important. So you go to the class and we're here to push you over that edge so you can continue making improvements on your own. But if all you do is go to classes, you don't do something in the middle, like you're, you're probably not ever really going to get better. Right. So that's, I think that's the big thing. You've got to do the work in the middle. Like you should have like, Hey man, I go shoot, you know, or maybe you just go to one class. You're like, I just didn't know what was going on, you know? So I wanted to go to class and fill it out and try it, you know, like, cool. So we show you some stuff and, you know, over time you kind of do it and we can all invest so much into our shooting. You know, some people shoot once a month, you know, some people shoot, you know, dry fire daily, you know, there's a big range in there, but we're here to kind of push you over the edge and show you the stuff you weren't thinking about and diagnose those little issues and show you how to get better so that you can continue with your own training. And then you come back and want to see improvement, right? Um, so I think that's one of the biggest things about our classes. And there's a lot of people out there that, like, they just go from class to class, to class, to class. And I think that's wonderful. Like if you can, I never understood that, it personally. Bro. I thought it was weird, Really, but I mean, well, I, I just, as long as they're working in the middle. Right? Yeah. Not just taking classes, but I, I know there's those guys out there. Like yeah, I took this class, like they, it's like they, yeah, I was talking about like, like collecting Pokemon cards. Like, yeah, I got this one and I got this one. I went to that one. It's yeah. like, that's really cool. Yeah. But why did you do it? You know, are, are you just trying to gain as much knowledge as possible? Are you seeking out certain guys because they're the best in their given fields? Like, honestly, you know, and I, I've said this before on this podcast, <clears throat> there was a gentleman that I would, I, I won't say his name that I really, really wanted to learn from for like a couple years from the time I started shooting. Cause I, I struggled. Like my first gun was like a M and P shield and I got, I have big hands and those single stacks are tough to learn how to shoot on. Like, I wish somebody would have like, just slapped me in the back of the head. Like, no, buy a full size gun and learn and then go get a concealed carry gun, you know? Um, so I did it backwards and I always struggled. So this particular guy, like bigger dude. And I'd mm-hmm. saw him like uh, shooting a video of like the, maybe like a 43, like a Glock 43, some small gun. I was like, dude, this guy would be perfect to learn from. Cause he's got like mitts for hands, just like I do. Yeah. And he just crushed it. Like, I want to learn from this guy. And then 
I actually had some interactions with the gentleman and um, I shouldn't, I don't even say gentleman because you kind of a douchebag. And I was like, well, there you go. Like that, that breaks that, uh, that dream up. Like, Oh, I guess I'll just figure this out. And, you know, not taking that class, you know, anytime yeah. soon. And at the time was just one of these guys was a little more popular in the industry and things. And it's like, all right. So when people look at, at, you know, taking classes, are you just taking a class? Cause it's an available class or, you know, are you, are you, looking at something specific are you vetting out these people like truly vetting them out yeah. like we were saying earlier you know well you know he was a ranger so there we go yeah like, and it's tough to know because all you see is the information they put out right and you know there's yeah. there's forums out there like um oh i forget the name of this <laughs> one but uh, a couple guys i know are big into it like modern samurai and uh this other dude um crap primary and secondary right so that's the name of it I don't get on there. I don't even know if they have anything, whatever. I'm not a forums guy, but like some people get on there and they do full on reviews of classes and they'll tell you exactly what they thought. Right. And really? Okay. Like, oh, good. Like, that's a good thing, you know? Um, but there's not a whole lot of that. So it's, you kind of got to go off the information people put out and then you got to try it out for yourself. You know, and unless you know someone who's been, you're kind of in the dark, you know, you're just taking yeah. shots in the dark, you know, and hoping for the best. And you kind of go with, well, who has the most, clout or who has the most sponsors or who seems to be, you know, the most professional, you know, and based on what they say. And I think a lot of people look at somebody and they go, Oh, I kind of, man, this term has gotten really abused, but identify with this person, right? Like I like the way they do things. And like, you know, we can all identify as whatever we want nowadays. You know, if you're from California, you can be (laughs) like a binary. Oh God. Yeah. So like whatever, but it's uh, they kind of see somebody go, man, I kind of like the way that person prevents themselves or presents themselves. I think I'm going to go that route, you know, but you know, it's tough, man. Um, there's some great instructors out there and, you know, and I'm not, not right. dogging this, but I'm, I think there are some that it's like, Oh, well, and I, I, I don't think, think, I don't think it's worth the money. I think that the instructor yeah. maybe needs to doing it for and, the wrong reasons. And just because you go with a specific company doesn't, I mean, in some instances mean that they, they may train with you. Right. Hmm. Um, but in some instances with larger companies, larger followings, they're doing a whole lot more shit. Like you may not train with that, that guy you wanted to train with. I had a, a friend um, that they, they got a group of guys together and they, they talked to warrior poet society. Like, Hey, let's, let's run a class. Yeah. And one of the guys told me, he was like, yeah, we, we got some other guy. I'm like, what do you mean? Like we didn't get John Lovell. Yeah. I go, so you got one of his, his cadre or one of his staff members. Like, yeah, but I thought we were going to get him. It's like, well, dude, he, the man runs a business. You know, there's, yeah, it may yeah. shock you to find out that he doesn't spend all of his time on the range all day, every day when there's a lot of yeah. other crap to go on. Like the, the bigger you get as a business, like the less you do of what you love. And I don't care if that's in the shooting industry and the, my, I grew up, my mom owned a restaurant. So like she loved it, but she also hated it because the, the higher she got with stuff and like, it's just miserable, right? You never got to do yeah. the stuff you wanted to do. Exactly. Um, yeah. People don't realize that like, Hey, you know, and not to say that again, uh, the instructor was, was very good. They, they did learn a lot through the class and everything, but it's, it's just some of those things that people that they don't, they don't realize like, Hey, you can go to the biggest names. You can go to the guy with the most followers and the most clicks, and it still may not be what you were expecting. So, yeah. And that's a tough spot because, and so we've, you know, we're starting to grow a little bit like that, not in the level that, you know, warrior poet or, or field craft or, or Haley strategic, right. Or any of those guys mm-hmm. have grown sure. um, and have so many instructors. Like I've got three other instructors, but they all have a specialty, right? So if you're going to this class, you know, you're getting this guy, you're medical, you're going to get this guy, you know, and I try and beat all of them, 
but I can't, right? Like tomorrow we have a, a medical class, right? It's a, like a downed officer type class uh, tomorrow. And what's today? Today's Tuesday, right? Yep. So Wednesday and Thursday. Yeah. Um, and I won't be at it, right? But Steve will be there. He's great, you know, and Paul's going to be there. He's our head medical instructor. So we're good to go. But and that, it's a tough thing and because when people get to know you, they see you. They're like, you're the face of the company. You're the person I want. It's like, yeah, but there's this thing called emails um, and like spreadsheets <laughs> and accounting. Yep. And I have a website and like I got to, you know, print off stuff and like put it in boxes. And, you know, there's calls you got to make and crap. And, it, you know, it's tough, man. And I see the struggle with a lot of guys like that's and, always going to be an issue. And you have a family that I'm I'm assuming you yeah. feel like you try to find time to spend with them yeah. somewhere in the middle of yeah. all. Yeah. The <laughs> whole goal with all this it. is to do it long enough to where you actually spend more time at home. You know, like yeah. I want to see my kid grow up. Like I like you guys. I love going to Spokane this last week and shooting people, but I'm not staying an extra day, you know, like to hang out. Yeah. I'm going home, man. Like partly because like, I want to see my kid, right? You're not my kid. You're not my wife. Sorry, bud. But you know, it's, yeah. we, we like the relationships we make. Like I've met some incredible people, right? Some I've met some incredible friends that I've met just at classes, but it's a hard, it's a struggle, man. Cause nobody is you. So you're always on the lookout for the next person. You know, they're like, oh, that person's going to be great. They're going to be successful. They got it. And what are they going to do? They're probably going to start their own damn company. That's what they're going to do. Cause what are they going to do? Go out and get paid $500 a day. You know what I mean? Like, and that's not how we pay our guys. We do it completely different, but like our thing is, if you're running it, if it's your class, you're taking the money, man. Like that's it. So, well, that's cool. um, but like the industry average is $500 a day. We pay your expenses, you know, three to 500, like some places play three, some people pay five. Um, but it's oh, a wow, tough thing for business owners. Yeah. But they pay all your expenses. So it's just a really tough thing for, to figure all that out. You know, people want you, they see you in the picture. They see you here. They see you talking. Like they've said, I'm coming to a class. They're the face of the company or who I want to see. And it, it's, it's tough, man. I can see why people get upset. Absolutely. Or ex have an expectation, you know? So, right. Yeah. Um, we're trying to start slowly, you know, putting Paul and Steve out there a little bit more and Mitch, you know, so people can get used to them more, you know, and hopefully the thing is like, who, you mean the old guy, like Drew, like I'm, I don't want him, uh, that yeah. Steve guy, which actually for the record, Steve is older than me, but he looks younger because he's like a vampire, <laughs> right? He's a really good looking guy. But him, I want him like, damn right, you can have him. Like, yeah, I hope you do. You know, so anyway, it's, it's a tough thing. Oh, man. It's, it's hard for companies to do that. And I've seen a few companies. I've talked to one of my buddies and he has the same thing. He's like, people want me in all these classes. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, man, because you're cool. Like, you're a cool dude. You know what I mean? So like, thank you. But, but I, you know, my wife thinks I'm cool, too. I'm going to go yeah. hang out with her a little bit yeah. if it's cool with you guys. It's yeah. Just a, yeah, it's a balance. Like, and yeah, I think you have to set it right. up correctly so people get to know them also. So, yeah, no, absolutely. Well, listen, brother, uh, this has been awesome. Uh, I, I know how busy you are. Um, and I really appreciate you having taken the time, uh, yeah, dude. to chat. How long have you been going? This. Uh, about an hour 15 now, about oh, an hour cool, 15 man. is a little, a little right. decent length of time here. So, yeah. um, but before I, I, I let you go, um, can you just let all of our listeners know where they can find you on social media? If they want to take some, some courses from you, um, you know, where, where are you at online? Yep. So uh, you can go to the website, which is bearsolutionsllc.com. Uh, bear is spelled correctly, B-A-E-R. Uh, we, so people are like, you know, you spelled it wrong. I'm like, yeah, I, I know it was a No, typo. that managed to get past everybody yeah. for the last yeah. three years. Yeah, no <laughs> shit. I'll be like, no shit, dude. Well, really? That's not how you do it. Anyway. 
So I just tell people it's a typo and I just kept it, right? So uh, bearsolutionsllc.com. Uh, Instagram is Bear Solutions. Uh, YouTube, we have Bear Solutions channel. Check that out. There might be some good stuff on there. We've got more cool stuff coming out. Uh, the book, Process and Progress Pistol Training, uh, is on Amazon and it's available on our website, along with t-shirts and hats and you know all that stuff. Um, what else? I think that's it. And then liveagonic.com. Liveagonic, A-G-O-N-I-C, uh, .com yeah. is where you'll see the belts and the, uh, the yeah. upcoming stuff I'm, I'm pretty excited about. So I got my prototype sitting right over there. So Yeah. All right, man. Well, again, thank you so much. Um, and it's awesome. And I'm looking forward to checking out the belt. So Yeah, man. If you ever want to have me back on, I'd love to, dude. It was a good conversation. Appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, there it is. Uh, my conversation with Drew Estelle from uh, Bear Solutions. Super cool guy. Uh, honestly, <clears throat> uh, like I said before, uh, I've been wanting to have him on for a while now, and they're just, they're busy, man. I mean, good instructors are are busy. So uh, thrilled to have him on and to hear, uh, you know, hear him talk about his book. We talked about uh, training. We talked about all kinds of stuff. You know, I really, really enjoyed it. And um, Drew's definitely somebody that I'll be looking to bring back on the podcast in the future. You know, and that's like I've said before, this is um, I, I'm unbelievably blessed to have these kinds of interactions with with these kinds of exceptional uh, individuals. Uh, so I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. Um, and we're going to have more. Right. We're going to get more stuff lined up. We got more people lined up. We There's more we want to do and more we're going to do. And uh, stay tuned. It's going to be it's it's going to be a, a, a strong finish to, uh, to 2022 here for the prepared mindset. I think you guys are all going to really dig it. But that's it. That's all I got for you. Like I said, I hope you really liked it. I'm super happy that you all tuned in. And until next week's episode, get out there, work hard, train smarter, and like we always say here, be prepared. <laughs>